War Eagle. This is War Bloggle with Bloggle Spot number 155. It is uh, Monday of LSU week. I can't think of what number it is. Um, 17th, 18th, I don't know. Uh, it is 93 degrees outside and it's 515. This Bloggle Spot is brought to you by Anders Bookstore. If you love Auburn, thank Anders. So, it's Monday as I said. Two days removed from Auburn's 13-point uh, loss to Texas A&M. I uh, just posted my review not too long ago of the game. And um, I'll tell you, it's I probably should write the reviews right after the game. Because when it's two days later, or a day later actually when I wrote it. But um, it's after I go through... When Auburn beat, Tech, when Auburn beat Al Arkansas State last week... After the game, I think six people had tweeted me. Six. After the Clemson game, I think about 400 people had tweeted me. And then after the Arkansas State game, I think about 500 people had tweeted me. Have you noticed the trend there? Um, so, basically, after... And it's not... Re a lot of times, it's Alabama fans. It hadn't really been that this year. Um, a lot of times, after losses people come to me as if I played the football game or coached the football game because I'm more of a positive person as you know um, they think I hire and fire coaches I guess I mean if you want to talk to me great that's kind of why I did this I mean I I don't want people to ignore me I want to be out there and and be a source of people's fun football whatever uh, but it is a little frustrating to read things like I actually caused what these people call. Um, that being said, I'll, the re when I write these reviews, after going through all that, it's very tough. Because it's hard for me not to uh, write it as if I'm just responding to them rather than writing the review. But either way, I wrote a review and I tried to keep it football related. Um, basically, and I'm not going to review the game totally, but it just seemed like Texas A&M's defense was pretty good. Probably the best defense they've had in a while. Um, especially defensive line. Miles Garrett actually did something this year. Last year, as I said in my preview in last week's bloggle spots, he, his name was never called. I think he may have had one tackle last year when Jeremy Johnson beat Texas A&M on the road. Uh, but this, it's almost like, you know, the defense, Auburn's defense had Auburn in the game the whole time. Auburn had only scored 10 points, but it was still a close game until about seven minutes left in the game when they ran that 95-yard 2011 Auburn offense. Auburn, excuse me, 2011 Auburn defense tackling, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I don't know. It, it just seemed like their defense had our offensive line's number. They knew what they were going to do. And I don't care if they didn't know what they were going to do. Our offensive line struggled mightily like it struggled against Clemson. Um, and a lot of that had to do with one guy, Miles Garrett. Yes, they have other defensive ends that were fine, whatever. Um, but even then, when Auburn did have time, when they ran up the middle with, with – uh, they ran up the middle. There was that second drive in the first half, it's the first quarter, where Auburn just went down perfect. It was like the perfect offense. Guess what happened? They blocked. Guess what also happened? They caught the ball. I, I keep seeing people going back 
keep saying things like, well, Gus doesn't go fast anymore. I'm pretty sure like two or three years ago, even in 2013, they somebody looked at it and Auburn had a slower pace than Alabama. The going fast thing is not really a um, as, as uh, distinct as you think it is or is such a big deal. He goes fast when there's a good gain on first down. That's how he does it. And a lot of times that's a run because that's what this offense is built off of. Everybody can say, well, if the run up the middle is not working, throw the ball. Well, if Sean White drops back three steps and Miles Garrett is standing on top of his head in a half a second, how is he going to throw the ball? I, I mean, I'm – and here I go. I'm so sick of everybody saying it's play calling. Swapping the quarterbacks was the was a big part of the problem in the first game, and he and Gus missed. He he admitted that he said that was a mistake. Something we tried, it didn't work. It still almost worked, uh, but it didn't work. So now we've got Sean, who has a great game against Arkansas State, and then a better team comes in, and pretty much the same game plan. I mean, excuse me, not the same game plan, the same play calling style, same type of plays they put. Cameron Petway in there more because he kind of ran all over Arkansas State. Maybe threw, tried to throw uh, Texas A&M off a little bit with the bruising runner up the middle rather than around the edge kind of stuff because you can't run around the edge if you have Miles Garrett there waiting on you. But I'm sorry. If Sean White overthrows Tony Stevens standing with 40 yards of green grass in every single direction, that's not coaching. Yes, you're going to go back and say, well, that's quarterback coaching. I don't care if he, if, if Gus is the best quarterback coach in the world and he has Sean White throw that, th throw that route, pass, whatever, a hundred times a day. If Sean White overthrows that, that's not Gus's fault. You can always say it goes to the top. Everything goes to the top. Okay, well, good thing Goose retired this week. The problem's gone. Sean White's going to throw better now. Sean White, I love him, but he overthrew Tony Stevens on a wide-open pass on second down. The next play, he underthrew, probably overcompensating, on third down. And that's the kind of stuff that happened that ended drives. Not play calling. Every play works if you run it to if you run it how it's supposed to be run. If you throw and catch the ball, it's going to work. Now, a lot of times you can say the defense just has has figured this out. And that, that's very possible. But if the offensive line is blocking, it doesn't matter if the defense knows exactly where you're running. The uh, If the offensive line blocks how they're supposed to, there's going to be a hole. Because guess what? In 2013... With Trey Mason against Texas A&M. Great example here. That final drive of the game. I watched it recently. Before I watched it last week. The final drive of the game for Auburn when they were down four points. Needed a touchdown with like, you know, two minutes, four minutes to go, I think. They ran the same play at least nine times in a row. Then they ended up throwing one to Sammy Coates. Nick Marshall overthrew him, then had to throw the ball to Marcus Davis, who was a freshman at the time, made the catch. Before that, 
and even after that, they ran the exact same play. Texas A&M had no safeties. They had nine in the box. They were standing on top of the line. And they ran the play over and over and over, and it got at least four yards every single time. Now, Gus Malzahn does that this year. In this game, guy behind me, you know, the worst person in the world at a football game, the guy behind you, which I'm that way to certain people, I'm sure, but the guy behind you yelling, run the ball, Gus! Auburn runs the ball three times in a row. It gets stuffed most of the time. Of course, that's not right. Then the person yells, quit running the ball, or not every play. You can't have it both ways. Speaking of you can't have it both ways, you can't go into this season saying Clemson's going to kill us, or we'll be lucky to win one of those first four games, and then be mad and call for firing somebody when it happens exactly how you thought it was. Actually, no, it didn't. Because you thought Clemson was going to kill Auburn. You probably thought Texas A&M was going to kill Auburn. Now, after the Arkansas State game, which you were eerily quiet on, you probably got a little excitement in there. Wouldn't tell anybody. Wouldn't type it in the message board. But you got a little excitement. You're like, oh, well, maybe they won't kill us. But on the outside, you're saying, yeah, we got no shot. LSU's going to kill us this week. And then if that happens, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? You're going to come to me after the game and tweet like it, I did it. That's fine. Do it. I can take it. I've done it many years now. Many, many years. Tweet at me. Thank you. Fine Bomb's a millionaire. Um, so, yes. I mean, you have to execute. And I've been jokingly saying this. I even put it in my review. My review. I have coached Baby Bloggle and T-Ball for two years and then coach Pitch this year. Uh, I coached, kind of coached in soccer a little bit. I don't really know a ton about soccer. I, I coach it like football, kind of setting up pass plays and stuff. But coaches coach and players play. You can, you can say whatever you want to fit your agenda of hate, to fit your ideas that everybody has to be fired after every loss. You can... You can uh, come up with these obscure stats that Auburn has lost 74 games on a day of the week with an A in it. You can do whatever you want to fit your agenda. But when it comes down to it, the players have to execute. And it doesn't matter how talented the players are. They're going to miss a pass every once in a while. They're going to overthrow. They're going to underthrow. Sometimes the other team just has a better plan. Sometimes the other team just has a better scheme. Sometimes the other team has better players. Texas A&M had some awesome uh, wide receivers, but they didn't do too much. There's probably three or four pass plays that we'd like back. I don't know. I was going to say something about firing after every, what was it? Dang it, I had a good one. I don't know. Firing everybody after every loss is not the way to go. And I was not going to talk about firing because I'm not even acknowledging it. Because those people, if you saw them on the street, probably, if you, if you saw, not that means saw you on the street. If you heard, read what they said without the team that they claim to pull for, you'd probably think they're Alabama fans. 
And no, I don't accept mediocrity. I don't, I'm not happy with losing at all. I just get so many stupid arguments after games, after losses, that I have to combat it, I have to combat it, combat it, with logic that appears, that makes it appear that I'm okay with losing. And I'm not. Y'all realize Ole Miss is one and two. They lost to Florida State, who just got beat by 43 points to Louisville. You know, Louisville that Auburn beat with Jeremy Johnson last year before you get into that little Petrino thing. Um, and then Ole Miss also just lost to Alabama. That's not a terrible thing other than the fact that you were winning by 21 points at home. So Ole Miss is 1-2, still somehow ranked. Auburn's 1-2 against losses to two top 10 teams, one by six points, one by 13 points. And all of a sudden, our coach needs to be fired and we're terrible? What if we played Georgia's schedule? What if we played Florida's schedule? What if we played Tennessee's schedule? We'd probably be 3-0. Now, I know this is the SEC West. This is how you, 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 this is just what you have to deal with. No, think about the season as a whole. It's about to get a lot easier. And yes, I'm saying that with LSU on the horizon. Have you seen them play yet? I'm sure they'll play fine. Fournette's going to be 100% apparently, and they won't be the same team that just almost lost to Mississippi State, Jacksonville State, and did lose to Wisconsin. But still, it's about to get a lot easier. LSU, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Vandy, Alabama A&M, Ole Miss, you never know. That sounds a lot easier than Clemson and Texas A&M, who are currently ranked 5-10. To me, it does. This team is not terrible. It's early in the season, and they've had some really tough games. What makes you mad is that they had a shot when you thought they didn't. And so you got your hopes up, and then your hopes got dashed. And then you come up with whatever reason you saw on a stat at the end of the game or whatever reason that some guy in the message board brought up, and you're just going to latch on to quarterback development over the years have been has been pretty terrible. Uh Play calling, yeah, that's what I heard that guy say. Why is he running the ball when I just yelled run the ball? It, it's the third game, people. And I know I'm not going to keep saying that. If Auburn loses four, five, six, seven more games, I'm not going to sit here and argue the same point I'm arguing right now. I'm going to argue right now yelling to fire somebody just because you got mad. Oh, I just remember what I was going to say. You're, you don't want another coach because you can't tell me right now who you want. And if you say Petrino, no, because he's not coming. So you can forget that anyway. You don't have an idea of another coach. If you say Art Bryles, nope. That'd be terrible too. If you say Chip Kelly, absolutely not. These are not real options. But you're, you don't want another coach. You're just mad at the person you see on the sideline. And so you want something bad to happen to them. You're just going, I'm so tired of losing. That It's because that man who walks, get him off my screen. It's vindictive. It's hate. It's not, I just wish our team was better, so we've got to get a better leader. No, you're just mad. And so you just want something bad to happen to the person who is in charge. Because you got to get rid of that hate. I wasn't going to get worked up today. But anyway, it's LSU week. The corn dogs are coming. This game's over. Two and two in these first four games, you would have you would have jumped for joy 
all the people who were crying fire everybody. At a month ago, you'd have jumped for joy if, if you saw Romans 2 and 2. It could happen. I think this is the easiest of the three tough games that we've had. Leading into it, at least. All right. Blog of Spot, number 155, brought to you by Andrew's Bookstore. Done, War Eagle.